0: International Institute of Value Chain Applications, Research and Education, Canada proudly presents Bichara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges. Facing the industry in 21st century by a team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week, all year round we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars
1: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of bichara supply chain i am your host Hadi, and today's episode is part of the dmrp series where in our previous episode which was number 21 Ken has provided the introduction about human driven and what is benefit, why we need to change from the traditional approach to the new methodology. Ken was actually consultant principal and CEO from Ken outsourcing services based in South Africa and he has spent many, many years in supply chain and also operations management. In this episode, Ken would explain the strategy for becoming demand-driven and strategic inventory positioning. So, yeah, welcome to the show and I hope everyone enjoy it.
2: Ciao! Hello, this is Ken Titmus again with the second in the Demand-Driven Materials Requirements Planning Podcast Series. Last time we discussed why we need to change from the traditional way of planning our businesses to the new demand-driven MRP methodology. I mentioned in that last podcast that there are five components of DDMRP, and this session is going to be concerned with the first component, strategic inventory positioning. But before we continue with the five components of DDMRP, I want to start looking at how we initially become demand-driven. We will look at the difference between traditional MRP and lean, establish what demand-driven really means, and we will introduce the demand-driven operating model as well as the demand-driven materials requirements planning. The breakdown of traditional MRP opened the door for lean-based systems. This has often been referred to as the battle between push MRP systems and pull lean systems. In essence, these two systems have the same objectives of improving flow. We know that materials and processes that flow reliably are easy to plan, manage, and produce less waste. There are two very distinct differences, however, between traditional MLP and lean. In MLP systems, all elements of the supply chain are dependent on one another, whereas with lean, everything is independent of each other. In addition, in the MRP systems, supply order generation is performed at the planning level whereas with lean it is performed at the execution level. So traditional MRP deficiencies do hurt the flow of information and materials and lean doesn't have a complete toolset for complex and volatile supply chains. Therefore, we're looking for a system that promotes and protects the flow of relevant information and materials in the supply chain. It needs to synchronize complex and dynamic environments, as well as pacing to actual demand. Finally, it needs to provide a clear replenishment signal for every resource in our supply chain. So, what does becoming demand-driven really mean? Well, it doesn't mean making everything to order or simple pull, lean pull, or placing inventory everywhere. What it does mean is seeking customer demand, sensing customer demand, sorry, and adapting planning and production while pulling from suppliers all in real time. From the Demand Driven Institute, they define DDMRP as a method to model, plan, and manage supply chains to promote the flow of relevant information and materials. DDMOP being the supply order generation and management engine of a demand-driven operating model. They go on to define a demand-driven operating model as a supply order generation operational scheduling and execution model utilizing actual demand in combination with strategic decoupling control points with stock, time and capacity buffers in order to create a predictable an agile system that promotes the protects and protects the flow of relevant information and materials within the operational relevant range, which is hourly, daily, and weekly. A demand driven operating model's key parameters are set through the demand driven sales and operations planning process to meet the stated business and market objectives whilst minimizing working capital and expedite related expenses. This DD-SNOP process will be included in the last podcast when we discuss the bigger picture of becoming a demand-driven adaptive enterprise. Before we get into strategic inventory positioning, let's just take a look at the requirements for a demand-driven MLP system so far. It should be based on the protection and promotion of the flow of relevant information and materials. This connects it to driving better return on investment. It must also allow for decoupling in order to mitigate demand signals and supply continuity variability, as well as to compress lead times. It should use the most relevant demand information available, actual demand, it must provide easy to interpret signals for all resources. And finally, it must provide for a way to synchronize complex and dynamic environments. So, where can DDMLP be applied in the supply chain? Well, in raw materials and components, intermediate items and sub assemblies, finished products and distribution inventories. In fact, it can be applied everywhere in the supply chain from raw material extraction, to retail, and including maintenance, repair, and operating supplies. So now we have one methodology to use throughout the supply chain, as opposed to traditionally where we have reorder points, periodic review, MRP, DRP systems, as well as kanbans, depending on the type of inventory in the situation. But for the time being, let's get back to looking at the five components of DDMOP. With traditional planning systems, we've never really concerned ourselves with where we position inventory in the supply chain, but are focused mainly on what, how many, and when to place a replenishment order. We mentioned in the previous podcast... That to stop the transference of variability in information and materials up and down the supply chain, we need to decouple the supply chain with inventory buffers and where we place these buffers is therefore going to be a strategic decision. So, before we can look at the other four components of DDMLP, we need to determine where we are going to strategically place the stock buffers in our supply chain. This is the first process in becoming demand driven. Don't continue without doing this first. We will discuss three aspects in this first component of DDMLP in the remainder of this podcast. One, the six positioning factors to determine where we will consider placing inventory buffers. Two, identifying a new lead time for manufacturing called decoupled lead time. And third, using this decoupled lead time and the matrix bill of materials to determine correct inventory positioning within the bill of materials. So number one, let's look at the six positioning factors and these are number one, customer tolerance time, number two, market potential lead time, three, sales order visibility arising, four, external variability, five, inventory leverage and flexibility, and number six, critical operation protection. So the first one on the list, customer tolerance time. If you are in the business of make-to-stock products, then obviously the customer is not prepared to wait and therefore you need to keep a buffer of these products for your customer. If the customer is prepared to wait a period of time and you are a make-to-order company, we need to make sure that we have enough buffers of components, raw materials and intermediate sub-assemblies in order to make the product in the agreed lead time. Number two on the list is the market potential lead time. Let's say you are a make-to-order company and you and maybe your competitors are quoting 7 to 10 days lead time to make their products. What if you could reduce this lead time to, say, 5 days? This could affect your business with increased sales or even a higher price. To do this, we might need to see where we could place extra buffers of material in the manufacturing process to achieve this shorter lead time. Sales order visibility is the third on the list. How long in advance do your customers give you orders before you need to be, before they need to be delivered? How can we buffer the supply chain to achieve these lead times? Number four is external variability. If you have suppliers that are less than reliable with regards to their supply quantities or delivery promises, this is obviously a point where we need to buffer inventory. And as we will see in the next podcast, we will need to take account of this variability when sizing the buffers. On the demand side of your business, you can also have variability due to erratic or uneven demand from your customers. Here again, it could be a good reason for buffering inventory. Five is inventory leverage and flexibility. These are places in the integrated bill of materials structure or the distribution network that gives a company the most available options as well as the best lead time compression to meet the business needs. Lastly, critical operation protection. This comes straight out of the theory of constraints that suggests we keep a buffer of inventory in front of a bottleneck or a point of constrained capacity to ensure that we always continue to function and therefore protect throughput and hence flow. In the two-day demand-driven planner course, we go through an example of how these six positioning strategies will be applied in a sample company, which is a little difficult to do in this podcast. In the traditional past, we have used three lead times to define our businesses. The purchasing lead time, which is the total time to receive and have available for use an item after the purchase order has been placed. Number two, the manufacturing lead time is the time to manufacture or assemble an item from the next lower level component items in the Bill of Materials. This is often understated as components may not be available when needed and hence the lead time will increase. Number three, the cumulative lead time. This is the longest total lead time required to procure components or raw materials and for the complete manufacturing process to take place. This lead time is often overstated as we may have components, raw materials or subassemblies available and we will be able to complete all the tasks quicker. DDM or P requires a new lead time to be defined. It's called decoupled lead time, DLT and is defined by the demand-driven institute as a qualified cumulative lead time which is the longest unprotected or unbuffered sequence in the Bill of Materials. Any time a manufactured item has non-buffered components, its decoupled lead time will be greater than its manufacturing lead time. We use this decoupled lead time in conjunction with the matrix bill of materials to seek opportunities to buffer raw materials, components and sub assemblies to not only reduce lead time, but to reduce the investment of finished product buffers. There is a whole methodology for this to take place, which is difficult to describe in this podcast, but is well covered in the two day demand driven planner course with a worked example. In the DDP course, we also go through some distribution positioning strategies that are difficult to explain in this podcast without the use of diagrams. They are well documented in the book, Demand-Driven Materials Requirements Planning, authored by Carol Patak and Chad Smith. And I suggest you look for the third edition, which is printed in color, which you will realize is pretty important when we start talking about the red yellow and green zones in the stock buffers in our next podcast in the series. So next time, we will start with the second component of DDMRP, which is buffer profiles and buffer sizing. In the meantime, I suggest you again access the Demand Driven Institute's website. That's or www.demanddriveninstitute.com and review and research the information contained in the website. And you can contact me at ktitmus that's K-T-I-T-M-U-S-S, at mweb, M-W-E-B dot C-O So, goodbye until next time.
0: At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share Bichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com and www.wecare.ca